3: You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there.
2: Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You gotta make some phone calls? Hang up the phone! Prank caller! Prank caller! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Packernet After Dark. It's a fun little thing that we do here. Um, gonna answer phone calls. Honestly, what I'm most excited about Sorry if it sounds like I'm screaming. This is so loud in my ears and I can't hear myself. So it's one of those things where it's like when you have headphones on and you can't hear your own voice, so you scream a lot. It's very loud. Um, There's always a theme to this show, and I never know what it's going to be until we get it started. We are still way behind, so I don't have a lot of time. We do have one new caller, I believe. It's just one. Uh, One. Yep, same phone number. So one new caller. We're going to start with that, and then we'll go back up to the top. Bing, bang, boom. You know. Um, no, that's it. <laughs> Just talk, please.
3: Hey, Ryan, this is Jake in uh, Escanaba, Michigan. The Escanaba upper in the moonlight. Nice Thanks for the pick-your-brain on uh Rogers-Pat-McAfee oh. interview. So –
2: I'll try to be brief, because tomorrow, 40, 50, 60, 70% of the whole podcast is talking about... It's just one clip, because I still haven't seen it. I know I said that before, like, I gotta go watch it, but then I didn't. Uh, but I saw a clip, and I was not super thrilled.
3: I don't think I've ever seen someone that out of touch with their own team, or with them, themselves, frankly. It seems like he maybe got a personality disorder of some type, that. But- Maybe this is why the team hasn't won. It's hard to be led by someone with the personality that Rodgers appears to have. It's unfortunate. I haven't seen the fall of a great Packer so quickly. All right. Just want to pick your brains, see your thoughts. All right. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the podcast. Have a good one.
2: So I don't 100% know what it is you're referring to. Again, I just saw a clip. So I don't know if it's just the whole thing is like that or if um, you're referring to that one piece. But what I saw was Rodgers throwing his team under the bus. And again, I, and I've said on the podcast, I'm fine with him saying very obvious things, right? The team needs to play better. I need to play better. Everybody needs to play better. And if guys aren't going to play better, maybe they shouldn't get so much time, right? These are just. This is just a grown-up saying big boy stuff. Right. And it's stuff that everybody understands. And it's it's that whole standard thing, right? We all have the standard. This is the standard. If you're not going to live up to it, blah, blah, blah. Right. I I think the standard is BS. There is no standard in Green Bay, but there used to be. Um this is different though. This is the question was about Aaron Rodgers' interceptions. He goes on to essentially blame the rest of the team, saying that it was everybody else's fault for the interceptions. Um, I mean, it was a little bit his fault, but I mean, it's also everybody else's fault. Um, and then he kind of missed David Bakhtiari by a little bit, you know, kind of a little bit of an off throw. And then he goes on his his tirade about, um, you know, F the media and everybody's lying and everybody's making stuff up. And I don't care what they say. I'm Aaron Rodgers and I've thrown so many touchdowns. You can't tell me nothing. Basically, that was kind of the thing. And it's like, dude. I get it to some degree, like you having this platform and being able to kind of set the haters straight, but at this point, you're just being stupid. If you can't just admit basic stuff, like, yeah, dude, bad game for me, you know, like it was a bad day, I threw some really bad interceptions, you can't take ownership of that, that's a problem, especially when even in those situations, you're throwing other guys into the bus. On your three interceptions. I don't I don't get that. Um and essentially I'm looking at it and saying I I don't think the Pat McAfee thing is is super great. I thought it was when it was just a matter of, you know, when people could just make stuff up about you. I mean, I I, I guess overall it's good. It's kinda of, <laughs> Again, this is three days in a row or however many days where I said I don't want to get political and here we go. But there there was uh, – I forget who it was. doesn't matter. Actually, I think it was Vic Ketchman, but he was just more implying. He never actually said the organization or the, the news network. But the the bottom line is there used to be a time, and it was a better time, and it's where all the media organizations were on one side of the aisle and everything was great and cordial. Then another media organization came out and started covering things from the other uh, side of the aisle, and then we started hating each other and everything got angry and everything went crazy. That's kind of how this is, Right? It used to be that everybody just had one side, and it was whatever the media decided that side was going to be. And if they decided that Rogers was a garbage human being, they would just report that, and Rogers didn't have a whole lot of recourse. Now, Rogers has his own platform, and it's great, because he can call them out on their BS. The problem is now, he has his own platform, and he can make up his own BS. So now it's his BS versus everybody else's BS, and he has allies, and they have allies, and it's becoming this big war between, you know, who can come up with the, the the most BS? This is Rogers' BS, right? That's what this is, and it's it's nonsense. But the biggest issue I have, and again, I, I I admit it's good for some things but bad for other things, is that they are stroking his ego so much it's out of control. It's it's so, and again, I I'll elaborate more on it tomorrow. But the amount of ego stroking. That they do for Rogers. And I get it, like he's a guest and he's your friend and all that stuff, and that's cool. But it's almost like they're goading him, you know? They're they're baiting him into just being like, dude, blame everybody else. Tell everybody how awesome you are. Cause you are awesome. You're as good as they come, dude. So I I some people out there, these these stupid arm, armchair D bag, loser, fat dork. They they said that you threw like interceptions or something. They don't know. They don't know, right? Tell them, tell them, tell them the truth. And so Rogers is like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's pretty crazy out there, man. Sometimes, sometimes you, sometimes things happen. Sometimes other guys mess up, and uh, then I throw interceptions. Also, f everybody, and they're like, yeah, man, yeah, you're great, Rogers. We love you. And it's just weird. It's just kind of strange. And now it's just getting annoying because things are really, really bad. You know, when when everything's good, and the media wants to focus on trashing Rogers because of personal decisions. I'm right there with him. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you're awesome. Everything's awesome. Tell everybody else to stick it. You do whatever you want. You read all the goofy books and take all the drugs you want, dude. It's your life. You do whatever. But now it's football time, and people are levying very, very basic and valid criticisms of things that are going on in Green Bay and are mentioning that Rodgers is part of it. And now he's going on his platform, which is becoming his platform, to say, nah, it's everybody else's fault man this is this is uh this is not good it's not good it's it's gone too far and uh am i saying he shouldn't go on the show no because again it's 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 right for him to be able to have the platform it's wrong that it's turning into a uh his own little propaganda machine and and again a lot of it isn't even him it's it's those guys propping him up and and, and pushing him to do this stuff And it's just stupid. He doesn't need people stroking his ego. He has got a plenty sizable ego. He doesn't need anybody helping him with that. So I'm, I don't know. I I was a little surprised by that and not super thrilled with that whole thing.
4: Hey, Pittsburgh Steelers. You know how you traded Claypool to Chicago because you (laughs) thought you were going to get a better second round pick? Boom, roasted. Got him. Everybody who <laughs> picked the lock for Green Bay to beat Detroit Lions this last weekend, boom, roasted. Ooh,
2: got me on that one.
4: Everybody who was thinking that TJ Hawkinson was washed up and that Detroit was in the right, well, he went nine targets, nine receptions, boom, roasted. I'm out.
2: I didn't even. Did he? He played already? Did I just lose a whole week? <laughs> What what did he do in that game? I didn't even see it. I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, no, things uh, things suck. That's for sure. Boom roasted. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. Chase Claypool thing. I'm so glad we didn't get Chase Claypool. Dude, we, we might have like a top five pick potentially. Potentially. Call it top ten. It's an early second round pick. And we got to pay the guy. And he's going to want big boy money. So we're going to lose a pick and a bunch of money for Chase freaking Claypool. Get out of here. Gross. No, thank you.
4: Hey, Ryan. I'm going to use another Charlie Brown analogy. Hmm. Uh,
2: Can it be an allegory? Because that would be
4: great. I'm the well-known. Lucy has the football, and Charlie Brown gets talked into once again thinking, yeah, she's going to hold the ball there still so that I can kick the ball. How many times have we thought, okay, it's going to happen this time. It's going to happen this time. It's going to happen this time. And whoosh, she pulls the ball away from them. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that's been the season this year, hoping that Green Bay was going to win a game. And every time you think oh, they're about ready to kick the ball, Lucy pulls it away. And that's the way Green Bay is, has been doing what she's been doing with my heart. Green Bay has been pulling the ball away just as I have just getting ready to kick the ball. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, starting to hurt a little bit. Starting to get a little humiliating. Got to admit I'm um, beginning to uh, wonder how long I can continue flying my Green Bay flag in my neighborhood without uh, <laughs> my house getting egged. I'm out.
2: Yeah. So Garrett's from Southern Illinois, so he's got a he's got his own battle out there. Uh, it's pretty brutal to have that flag, but also lowering it is. That's not a good look either. You know what I mean? If you're like taking it down, but that's up to you. You got to do what you got to do. I got it's Whatever the Packers do, it's not going to be as bad as the fact that you live in Illinois. I can tell you that. Although, aside from like the governmental things like taxes and whatnot and, and prices being so high, you're basically in the south in southern Illinois. So it'd be all right. Should just move like, uh, what, a half hour south? What is that? Paducah or something down there? Just, just make the move. Who cares, um, Joe? What's going on, man?
3: Hey, Ryan, it's Joe, <clears throat> the janitor. Please don't
2: tell me about the bathroom um,
3: from Connecticut. Yeah. yeah, I get it. So, I do have a question for you. All right. <clears throat> so, um, could you could you tell me if there's anybody that is still on the um, who you know we could run the table. Uh, fan club. Does anyone still believe that? Twitter, anyone calling here's in? What we're that's gonna that's do. my question. Here's what we're Does if they actually believe that we could run the table or win more than a, a game or two, they're crazy. Um, what do you think? Does anyone actually still believe this? That we might be able to run the table from here after losing to the Woolley Lions.
2: Huh.
3: Biggest fan, staying shalom.
2: Shalom. Um here's what I'm gonna do. And hopefully I can remember. Jeez, I just come on Twitter to try to do this little poll that I'm going to do. And um, I see somebody fall into a manhole. That looked painful. i sure he's fine, though. It didn't, like, explode or anything. By the way, he's walking. He's on his phone walking. It's like in India or something. And he's just walking down the middle of the street. And the cars are not slowing down. They just go flying. He is playing Frogger on, like, expert mode. Even got friggin' manholes in uh, on expert mode apparently. So I'm gonna do this poll. I might do it on Patreon too, and then we'll revisit the results at the end of the show if I can remember. And I will probably forget, and that'll be disappointing, dude. I posted the poll, and the first video that pops up on Twitter is some guy jumping off the turnbuckles. He's wrestling, and he lands. You know how like aliens, their knees back bend backwards. That's what happened to this dude's knees. I think I've actually seen this video before, but it's like, why are you doing this to me? Is this an omen? Dude, now now I'm just doing this for fun. I'm scrolling and it's, it's nonstop. So you got the dude in the manhole. You got the guy whose legs snapped. Some girl was doing some weird cheerleader kick and fell. Probably didn't hurt that bad, but still, just the fact that. Then you got this dude with like a party popper to see if it's a boy or a girl kind of thing. And he pointed it the wrong way while he was sitting down. And he will not be having any more kids. This is freaking me out, man. I'm going to get hurt real bad today. Or you are. One of us is. I hope it's you, because I'm not in the mood for that crap. You understand what I'm trying to say right now? You guys are already making me change the wording, because everybody's got to be a friggin' wordsmith about it. Will the Packers turn the season around? What does that even mean, though? That's going to be the question, and I don't know the answer to that. But I'm going to leave it. All right, we'll revisit this. Um, I think somebody – the reason I clarified it is because of um, what somebody said that I tend to agree with because you asked my opinion. Uh, can they, yes, will they, no? I think that's where I'm at. Can they? Of course they can. They, they, they have enough quality players to play quality football. Um, but for whatever reason that they're not, I don't really see any reason to believe that they – will if any of that makes any sense so anyways we'll uh come back to the results in a minute all right we got a long one from travis you can always tell when there's two back to back and the first one is three minutes long
5: hello ryan this is travis from britishburg virginia hey it's been a little bit since i called and uh i'm gonna be straight up with you uh this call might get a little scatterbrained because i've had a lot of random thoughts throughout the last few days and I just never get the balls to call and just lay it out there. Um, but I'll just touch on a couple of the things that kind of stuck out to me. Um, first off, you talked about today, uh, Rogers and his yupping it up with other teams and, uh, not really yupping it up with his own guys. Um, and to add on to that, uh, like I had said before, I went to the game in Washington and <clears throat> it didn't stick out that bad to me, but I just remember there was this one, I think it was an injury timeout and, you watch the field, you see, you know, most, like, the skill position guys, like the receivers and Jonesy and all of them were kind of chilling out just kind of on the fringe of the O-line who were, you know, all gathered together. But then Rodgers was separate, standing there talking to the Washington defensive line. And I was kind of like, why, why aren't you with your guys? You know, I mean, I guess, you know, they all have downtime on the field when there's, you know, those commercial breaks and whatnot. But I'm like, still, you're, you're the leader of the team who is playing really –
2: really bad. Well, and you're you're in a football game. Right? I mean, you're in this right now. It, it it's weird to me that when you think about like high school football and what goes into that and and you know, how they get amped up and and how they treat each other as as teammates and it's all this family and all this stuff that I mean, it just goes into basic high school. why is it when we're talking NFL, we act like things need to be less serious, like it's less of a big deal? You need to try less, care less, whatever. I don't understand this. like these are your teammates. That is the enemy. After the game, if you want to be friends and give them a high five, fine. I just I this is so weird to me, and I know this is more of a new evolution, but I don't think it's a good evolution. I just I don't see why this is beneficial to you. You should not do a single thing that does not benefit your team during a game. I don't know why you're doing it. Everything you're doing is just because you feel like it. Again, the the temper tantrums. Well, he has a right to be frustrated. Okay, maybe. But there's also an obligation to do everything you can to win the game. Right? And I, I just I don't get during a game, walking over to the other team and being like, what's up, buddy? Like, just wait until the game's done. And really, this isn't just a Rodgers thing. I mean, it's just it's one of the things that's annoying because he primarily wants to hang out with the other team. But I just, I don't, I don't understand it, man. And again, it's, it's this whole just, I don't know, cultural thing of, like, why should I have to work so hard? Why should I, why is it so, like, why are you so serious, bro? Like, lighten up. And I just don't think those two things go together like, greatest in the world, and, like, it's no big deal, like, just chill. I mean, it, doesn't it come down to the little things, or does it not? It's not really the little things as long as you, you know, are on the Hulk Hogan plan of take your vitamins and say your prayers, do a couple push-ups, um, go to the meetings and everything will be fine, nothing else really matters. You don't need to put in all the work, you don't need to change your habits, you don't need to... You know, these are the little things that I think make a difference, especially when you start talking about culture. There's a video, I forget, I think it was the Ravens, but one of the guys went over to, a pass rusher, I think, went over to the other guy and was getting in his face, just screaming at him like they, you know, they can't stop you. They don't know who you are. It's just this mentality of when I get back over there, I'm going to kill you. Same with corners and wide receivers, right? I mean, and, and to be honest, the rest of the team, they're out there getting into fist fights. It's getting serious, it's getting heated. And again, I don't know. I don't know what's in the, the heads of other guys, but if, if you're getting so heated that you're getting into you're you're pushing guys and getting ejected from the game and you're getting into fist fights with these guys and talking trash, and then you see your quarterback go walk over and get buddy buddy with them, it'd probably piss me off a little bit. Like you want to go golfing with them, do it in the offseason. You want to shake hands, do it after the game. Like this is this is stupid. But whatever, I don't know. I guess who cares? Do whatever you want. Be friends with the, uh, the other team. And yuck it up with them. Make jokes. It's all just, it's all just for fun, right? Who cares? We're taking this football thing so seriously. It's not all about winning. It's about having fun. Right? Lighten up. Uh,
5: maybe talk to your own guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, scatterbrain. Uh Also, over the uh, offseason... Free agent acquisitions, yada, yada. Everybody had mentioned, oh, bring in this guy, bring in that guy. I thought one of the real positions that we could have used some depth at, which so far this year I feel like, yeah, the depth would have been helpful, but it's not really a deal breaker because an Agbar has played well, but it would be edge Rusher. Uh, and the biggest name I heard tossed around was Justin Houston. Um, I can't remember his name, but there was a guy on Packaday. Uh, who, who the heck knows? There's so many of them over there. Uh, who was just harping like, Hey, this guy is still out there. He might be a little older, but he's produced. Uh Just saying, you look at him with Baltimore so far this year, dude is killing it. And he tipped and caught his own interception tonight on top of, I think getting another stack, which was, I don't even know, six, seven on the year for him. Um, That would have been real nice. But once again, we just sit by and think the guys we got are going to be good enough. And then here we are. Uh <laughs> Um, I guess the last thing
2: I was thinking, um, Hold um, the problem I have with that, I, I can't look into the past and say we were bad or wrong for not bringing in more guys. I look into the past and say, thank the Lord above that the only thing we did was go get a cheap wide receiver. Can you imagine if we had gone out and gotten two, three, four different guys? I mean, it's not going to make us a winning team. Right? I mean, there's no way a pass rusher, a wide receiver or even even either of those things. I mean Julio Jones and whoever it is you're talking about, are we winning football games with those guys? That's what everybody's screaming. No, of course not. Of course not. So everything we could have would have should, and it's crazy to me that people are still like, well, this is goodikan's fault for not doing more. bro, th- this is this is just a house that was lit on fire. You're saying you want to go back in time and cram more people in this house? That seems a little messed up. So I, you know, I just don't think that that was necessarily the solution, was more of that. Something broke internally, and I'm not sure what it is. Again, I I lean toward culture, and for that, I lean toward Matt LaFleur. But it also doesn't really make sense, because how did it even get here? I mean, everything's fine, Everything's working. You went in thirteen games. All that stuff. What? What exactly went wrong? And it's just everything kind of went wrong at once. I, I I still can't quite put my finger on what the heck is going on. But I don't know. I that's my position. I am very glad that we didn't bring anybody else into this disaster.
5: Before Aaron Jones is my favorite player, but uh, obviously we're going to be needing to do a lot of rebuilding coming up here. And Jones's cap hit is abysmal next year. I don't. Understand how that all got worked out. I obviously know we had to pay him, but like, geez, man.
2: Because we went all in. <laughs> That's the problem. Just saw another video of we could have gone all in, and I just want to just take a freaking baseball bat to something because I don't understand this. The reason Jones's cap hit is going through the roof and the reason we likely need to get rid of Aaron Jones isn't because he's not still good and not viable and wouldn't still love to keep him if he had a smaller cap hit. The problem with Aaron Jones is we went all in. And all in largely has to do with cap management and pushing money into the future. Well, guess what? It's the future now. And next year is also the future. And the year after that, and into eternity, if we don't stop this, and it just gets worse every year. I'm not, you know, I don't know. I I just am so... Tired of the double talk. We didn't go all in. By the way, I'm, I'm hijacking this right now, Travis. I promise I'll hand it right back to you. The amount of people who have all these great solutions, and then we do them, and then it doesn't work, and then they have new great solutions, or just pretend like it never happened, make me insane. We should have gone all in. We should be more active in free agency. Which is laughable, considering Brian Gutekunst has been very active and has spent every single penny we've ever had on free agents. Uh, We have a lot less pennies now because we went all in and spent all the money. It's why we can't afford anybody right now. It's why we can't get your special free agents because we already got your free agents and it didn't work. But on top of that, what is every what did everybody want? What is everybody's gripe in this year? They don't draft wide receivers. And they don't get free agent wide receivers. We did both of those things. We've never been this bad. And now it's well, it's because you didn't get it. Come on, man. I'm, I'm I'm not talking about you, Travis. I'm just saying this is, I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why we keep saying this. Why are we doing this? And, and again, it just comes back to my point of they never should listen to us. Because if you do what we say, and it doesn't work, we're not going to give you credit. We are, we as fans are not going to sit back and go, whoops, <laughs> got that one wrong. Gee, golly. Uh, sorry about that, coach. Don't listen to me anymore. Nope. Nobody's going to do that. They're going to either pretend it didn't happen, like say you should have gone all in when that's all we've done for three years, or um, are just going to come up with a new solution. Well, you should have done this and just pretend that, you know, or, or, Act as though it we, the last plan you had that we did do didn't work, and now you're just changing your mind, so anyways, yeah, that's how Aaron Jones' contract got jacked up,
5: um, but on that note, look at these rookie running backs coming out, man, I mean, yeah. two of them this year, which God forbid Brees Hall you know towards a c l he's done, but Brees Hall Kenneth Walker, and Seattle,
2: here we go, come on,
5: sorry ryan i I talk too much now to you I get it, but yeah, like I was saying, man. AJ Dillon's looked pretty sluggish so far this year. Uh, I definitely am not giving up on him. He is, he's a ball player. I'll give him that and that. I don't want to tackle him, but at the same time, I mean, we can't keep Aaron Jones at the price he's at. These young guys are coming in their first year and tearing it up. I mean, it, it looks to me, I know, don't get me wrong. Gino, Gino's killing it out in Seattle, but. Kenneth Walker has been carrying that team, not, okay, not carrying. I'm sorry. I'm getting, getting, you know, a little bit out of here, but (laughs) I'm just saying there's, there's just so much to go off of here. I I don't really know what to do. I don't know how to think. I've essentially, you know, accepted the fact that I'm going for a draft position at this point, not really hoping for wins and playoff spot because we're not going to do anything with it. I think at this point, we need to just say we're done with Aaron Rodgers. but once again, (laughs) <laughs> who knows what's going to happen with that is he going to be back is he going to retire is he going to get a trade I, yeah you know it's it's a mess right now and i'm lost and i'm looking to the Packernet podcast for, for <laughs> well, some no. light in this darkness uh <laughs> anyway shout out to all you guys you guys keep killing it even though the team isn't you know whatever go pack go
2: well i appreciate that and sorry that i am a massive failure uh there's no light here uh, <laughs> I mean, as far as running backs, it's kind of that question you got to ask pretty much every year just depends on the position. And that is, you, you might have a need, but to what degree do you have a need, right? So if Aaron Jones leaves, what do we do at running back? Well, we already have A.J. Dillon. Well, do we? number one, do we like A.J. Dillon? Number two, how much? Number three, how much do we factor in the fact that he was already a second round draft pick and is young? Do you double down on that? Go first, second, third round, or do you, uh, which is probably more likely, whether you like Aaron Jones or not, just go, or uh, A.J. Dillon or not, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, maybe take a couple mid-late round swings and just see how it goes because it's running back after all. So I don't know. What I do know is we have to take a break. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Packer underscore dad. If you'd like to support the podcast, fertilegroundranch.org, please go check them out, see what they're doing. Just talked to my dad a little while ago. He had a meeting with the judges in his county in Indiana and uh, got permission to essentially be a place, a resource for the judicial system so that if they decide they want to do a, uh, you know, something in lieu of jail time, that would be possibly a place for them to go. Things to that effect. So, very, very cool. Anyways, let's take a break and we'll be right back.
3: Hey, Ryan, it's uh, Joe, the janitor,
2: sure is. from Connecticut, so um, I was just thinking, what goes on in Connecticut? I'm just curious, you sometimes just like go for a walk from the northern part to the southern part, or I don't know, I don't know what you guys even do there. I mean, usually there's, like, a thing that you associate with a state. When I hear Connecticut, I'm like, isn't that that tiny little thing? What? What? What is What is that? Kind of like New Hampshire, Vermont, which is kind of the same thing, but I don't know why they don't just combine them and make it one, like, rectangle shape, uh, state. You really need to split it in half? You guys are that different? I wonder if there's, like, it's like that Kenosha Racine thing where everybody in Wisconsin sees it as basically the exact same like, like identical city as well as all the people in it. And they're like, dude, no, super different. Like, no, it's not. You guys are the exact same. But I kind of get a feeling for what it is. You know, it's like, I don't know, woodsy-ish because it's kind of up north, like northern New York. I don't know that, but I just think of Vermont and it's scenic and everything. Connecticut, though, I don't know. And you got that other even smaller state next to you. Do you guys feel like you ever pick on people from Rhode Island for being small? Just wondering, because I know Connecticut is small, very narrow, you know. You guys have beaches there? I mean, like nice ones, or is it kind of like Massachusetts where the beaches kind of suck? Plus, it's like you don't even get like a cool ocean beach. You've got like a little canal looking thing. It's not a canal. What do you call that? Like a water peninsula thing. What do you call a water peninsula? I don't know. But it's like if you look out onto the ocean, I'm sure you can't see the other side, but I'm just saying like over there, that's freaking New York. It's not like, you know, it's not like you're looking out into the vast ocean. It's like, no, it's a, it's a big body of water, and then on the other side is trash New York. I don't know. I think New Hampshire and Vermont should combine. You guys should just absorb Rhode Island. I wouldn't even call it combining because that's not fair to Connecticut, but you should just absorb Rhode Island because, come on. And then somebody should tell me, like, what it, what it is Connecticut is, like, known for. Is there, like, a food? Like, Wisconsin is cheese, you know? It's stupid, but it's our thing. Farms, cheese, sausage, brats—you know, Packers would be a thing. I don't know any of the things, although I do know they've got a uh, very, very clean movie theater because Joe the janitor is rocking it
3: over there. And Rogers really sucks this year. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> one thing that I tried—I mean, besides his haircut, yeah, uh, what, what's up with this guy's haircut? Like, people are asking me about
2: it. You know, it is weird. You know, people talk about it like, oh, he's going for the peaky blinders look. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe he is, but I watch peaky blinders and those guys look pretty hardcore. And then I look at what Rodgers has going on in his head and I can't visually tell you the difference other than to say he just looks kind of gross with that haircut. It's not, it doesn't work. I don't know. I'm not sure why, but it doesn't. Maybe it's, maybe it's the, uh, camera angles and and the post-editing or whatever. I don't know. But I I know it doesn't look good.
3: How the hell am I supposed to know? First off, he looks like an idiot. And and he probably does smell. Um, Besides that, I was just thinking, the one thing that's changed, um, Tom Clemens came back. Quarterback coach. He's talking about how he gave him the highest Great effort or for the season anyway, in um one of the games he played pretty bad in. Um I mean actually every game this season he's played pretty bad. It's clear that um Rogers is the problem, but what caused the problem?
2: He's no. See th- this is where there's a lot of fights going on. Because you have to be very careful with your words, right? Um there's a, there is a massive difference between the problem, a problem, the biggest problem, um, a minor problem. You know what I mean? Like How we quantify that, I think, matters at this point, because right now we're getting into these ridiculous battles where <sighs> the anti rodgers crowd is making it seem like everything is his fault. And that's playing right into the pro Rogers people's hands because their biggest argument in favor of Rogers is to point out that there are other problems. And I'm trying to say, yeah, we all know that, except for when people come out and they're like Rogers is the only problem. I know you didn't say that, but that's where I'm I'm saying you gotta be careful with your, your verbiage because, you know, that's what's causing a lot of the fights. Because the pro-Rogers people will acknowledge, usually, that he's having issues. Just like the anti-Rogers people will acknowledge, the rest of the team also sucks. So, in a lot of cases, there's really not much disagreement. It's just a matter of how much blame should fall on Rodgers. Which is probably stupid most of the time. Until you get into the nitty-gritty of how we move forward, you know? But, anyways, I'm, I'm just saying... I'm guessing you agree, could be wrong, I don't know. But Rodgers is a problem, not the problem. Maybe, maybe the biggest, if for no other reason than because he has the most important job on the team. But um, let's, let's just be careful what we say.
3: What would Rodgers last few years when, um, when uh, Tom... Uncle Tom there was uh, his quarterback's coach before he retired or got fired for probably a good reason. How how was Rodgers doing those last couple of years, um, and and why why was Uncle Tom fired? Um, maybe if you can look into that. I'm just wondering because I don't know how you can go from being a backup MVP to being a trailer trash. Dumpster fire. Oh no. Um, yeah. Anyway, biggest
2: fan is the stand. Um yeah, I I think the main thought process is that the quarterback coach doesn't really matter all that much because Rogers kind of already knows what he's doing, so he can hire whoever he wants. And he likes Tom. But he also said that, you know, Tom kind of gets the best out of them and can find those little minor things, which all sounded great at the time because it's like, you know, it's not easy at his stage to find those key things that are kind of not where they need to be and to point it out and, and get it fixed. But now that we're at this stage and you're seeing regression and or maybe regression, maybe just flaws being highlighted, I'm not sure you could understand the cause for scrutiny and looking at that going, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know if a different quarterback coach fixes anything, but it's just, it's one of those things where when things go wrong, everything is going to be under fire. And especially those decisions that you kind of look at and kind of shrug and just go, nah, who cares? It'll be fine. And then when it's not fine, that's what's really going to come under heavy fire, right? When Aaron Rodgers isn't playing well, and they ask you about the quarterback coach. You know, you talk to Matt LaFleur and you're like, so how'd you come to that conclusion? You're like, oh, uh, I kind of just said, Aaron, you can kind of do whatever you, whatever you want. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't sound great, I guess, is maybe the bigger issue. Probably more so than an actual substantive issue. But I don't know. Whatever the issue is, I don't think Tom is helping a ton.
1: Good morning Ryan. Mike hey. Keverine, AKA Packer Superfan. What's going on, Mike? Hey Ryan. Um, just listened to Packer Net Acker Dark and your discussion about the run versus the pass ratio yeah. and um, you know how pass happy this team is and and more or less they've kinda of evolved back to the Mike McCarthy offense That's
2: how it feels. Uh,
1: which, you know, obviously any time uh, Things are not going good. Twelve always wants to go back and lean on, and simply just they just threw the Matt Lafleur offense away apparently, um, and it's it's so ironic, you know, with this being the week when Mike McCarthy is going to make his his return to Green Bay, that it's 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 Aaron Rodgers who did everything he could do in his power to get Mike McCarthy fired. In 2018, 2017 and 2018, by throwing the ball out of bounds multiple times, by, by just not giving any effort out on the field, and to basically fail the to sensors. get rid of Mike McCarthy because he was just so sick of Mike McCarthy. And yet, it's Mike McCarthy's offense that Rodgers will not give up on. I mean, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. I mean, this team is built. To run the football, play defense, and and kick field goals. Quite honestly, they're good. This team is designed to, with the Matt Lafleur offense to score, not score a lot of points offensively. They're going to have to win a lot of games, twenty to thirteen. Uh, you know, seventeen.
2: Hang in there, Mike. With
1: Matt Lafleur as the offensive coordinator, and they just refuse to do it. They just refuse to do it. And they just accue to 12. 12 just gets to do whatever he wants to do. And he's not that guy anymore. And he just doesn't get it. And it's just time to move on. And, you know, unfortunately, there's nobody at 1265 right now who has the cojones to, to make it happen. Nobody's there to stand up against 12. You know, he's a $50, $50 million man, and nobody wants to say No. This I'm taking this offense back. The Floor needs to do that quickly, or they need to find a way to get him to retire so that Matt can get his quarterback and, and start running his system the way it's supposed to be run. Anyway, again, Mike McCarthy coming back is hilarious. The Dallas Cowboys are going to just run all over the Packers, and it's so ironic. Anyway, go Pack go! Love to hear your comments.
2: Oh. Uh... Yeah, the 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 thing that I found surprising, I guess, There's a couple different things. Sorry, I'm trying to multitask. I'm trying to do some math so I can put some substance to what you're saying, but it's not working. We'll work on that in a minute. Again, the the operating theory at the time, at least for me, was that Mike McCarthy was that offense, right? Mike McCarthy was the guy that wanted to throw and never wanted to, to run the ball. We've heard stories about they wouldn't even practice running. It was just a disaster. And, of course, we got Aaron Jones, and he was completely wasted and squandered. And then he went to Dallas, and my thought was, well, that's stupid because the, the team that has this great offensive line and is centered around, you know, a at least semi-mobile quarterback. And, of course, Ezekiel Elliott, who was one of the premier backs at the time at least, hired a guy that's never going to use him. And this is an offense, even with wide receivers, that's predicated on pounding Ezekiel Elliott down, you know, the defense's throat 25, 30 times a game. And that won't happen. Except it did happen. (laughs) He didn't seem to have the same aversion to running when he went to Dallas as he did when he was here. And then Matt LaFleur comes here, and you see Matt LaFleur transform into Mike McCarthy, and you're looking at it going, that's weird. Why did Mike McCarthy not be Mike McCarthy when he left, and then... you know, LaFleur became Mike McCarthy when he came here. And then listening to you saying, you know, he wanted Mike McCarthy out. It's entirely possible that he didn't really want the scheme out or the plays out. He just wanted the guy out. Um, But it's still strange to me because, and maybe this is back before they really had these conversations and Rodgers had input. And maybe this is part of the the issues prior to that Rodgers was upset about that's never come out, is he was not a Matt LaFleur fan. I don't know. Again, I thought he was going to be excited about this because he had spoken glowingly about Shanahan and that offense and, and some of the stuff that they were doing. Now, maybe it's just admiration from afar, like, hey, that's not what I do, but what you guys do, you guys have got some cool stuff that you do, and I like that. It's not me, but, you know, you, it's great for what you do. I don't know. But... I mean, we clearly don't look like the 49ers. And I know play action isn't a summary of the Matt LaFleur offense, but but let me just point something out to you. Remember when Matt LaFleur came in in 2019, we said that it really didn't look like a LaFleur offense. It was clunky the way it was kind of like a hybrid between the two, and the offense really wasn't clicking, and it was just kind of disjointed and, and crappy, right? 2019... We ran play action 25.8% of the time. 2020 was the really, really good year. Number one offense in football, just freaking dominant. We ran play action 35% of the time compared to about 25% of the time. The next year, 2021, still a really good offense. Not quite as good, right? As I've been saying for a while now, the MVP thing may be a little overinflated, but still, whatever. Rodgers was still good. Offense was still good. We ran it. 31% of the time. So, still way up from 2019, but down from 2020. So, 20... Call it 26, 35, 31. This year, 27.6. 28%-ish. It's down again. Again, there's a lot more to it than play action, but... And and I know, there's there's talk about, well, the, the thumb injury is part of the reason why he's in shotgun more, and so a lot of the offense itself goes out the window. Well... As a lot of people have been pointing out, if we can't do anything and it's not working and, and all this, let's let's take a break and let the thumb heal. How about that? I mean, it's one thing if, like, well, we can't run the offense, but at least we're still winning games. We freaking lost to Detroit, okay? And we got Dallas, the Titans, and the Eagles coming up. I don't know. I It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Nothing's going to change. It, just like that article said, because there's a glimmer of hope that we limp our way into the playoffs. There's no way they're going to pull Rodgers, and because everybody sucks a lot, I'm just seeing now the Falcons are losing. Might have the game might be over. Let me see. Fifty eight seconds left. Carolina's in the red zone. Looks like the game's over. Well, Atlanta isn't pulling ahead. <laughs> this is a helping our draft stock game the four and five falcons are going to lose to the two and seven panthers so nobody wants to go to the playoffs this year and as a result nobody's going to clinch a spot for the playoffs until the very end which means if and when jordan love comes in there's going to be like a game or two and he's going to come out late in the season he's not going to play well and you know what you're going to hear Oh, where you wanted Jordan Love? I thought he was so good. What's Jordan Jordan Love? Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. like jeez, I swear this is becoming so miserable watching football. Right, because there's one person on planet Earth who has said, "Put in Jordan Love because he's an elite football player, and I know it, and he's going to win the friggin' MVP after one game." That's what that's what everybody's saying right now. What are we even talking about? Oh, we're talking about how none of this none of this matters. Um, we've got another Connecticut caller. Maybe Brian can tell us what happens in Connecticut.
6: Hey, hey. Aaron, my guy, my dude, it's Goo. It's Goo. How you doing, Aaron? <laughs> How's everything going today? How's the song? I, uh, it's Tuesday morning, so I'm guessing you are getting a book ready for the Pat Massey show. Yeah. But, I uh, I wanted to come to you with a little proposal and talk to you when you get into the office later, but let me know what you think about this. We have two games in the next 10 days. Alright, I know your, your former coach is coming back to town. You don't want to give up that game. And then it's a short week. I about we really ride those two games out with you? We'll see how they go. We lost a lot of pieces. You know, we're down some weapons. We're down some players. Um, the guys rally around you as the awesome, incredible, wonderful leader that you are. And when we win them. We'll keep rolling. But if uh, things keep going the way they go, Maybe we can uh blame the thumb and then give Jordan a game on that 10-day rest before Philadelphia and let him ride the season out. And this is, this is my thought process, but hold on, let me finish this. Don't get mad, Aaron. We let Jordan rock it out for the rest of the year. He performs well, and we can trade him Boom. and bring you back next year and try and get a higher draft pick to get you one of those – uh top number one first round receivers and I know oh. that you've been wanting all these Ooh. years I think I'm finally on board Beep. with that um, you know you, you definitely can show me the way and even better if he if Jordan sucks well then we'll suck and we'll move up the draft board yeah. so uh yeah I mean good luck on the uh, Matthew show today um, hope we're on the same page and yeah, you can just keep telling people uh, how great our relationship is and uh, let me know what you think about this when you get in the office later.
2: All right, Aaron,
6: really appreciate it. Bye, bud.
2: I think that is a great pitch to shut him down for the year, if I'm, if I'm being honest, right? Let's let Jordan go. If he plays well, we'll trade him for a bunch of picks and get you some, some weapons, right? We'll get, we'll get you that elite wide receiver that knows how to run routes properly. Because I think that's like a trait in the drafts, right? Acclimates really well to Aaron Rodgers' offense. I think you can scout that. I mean, Sammy Watkins has been in the NFL for 500 years. Apparently he can't do it. Christian Watson is like a super genius. He can't do it. Dobbs can't do it. Amari can't do it. Explains why we needed to bring Randall back, because he's apparently the only one that can operate the Aaron Rodgers offense. But no, man, we'll uh, we'll get Jordan Addison out of USC. He'll come in. And he'll just uh, he'll run the right route. Isn't that the part that sucks? I'm obviously being sarcastic, but it's like, dude, why don't we get like a really early-round wide receiver? Why? Because then he'll be really good and our offense will be better. Why do you think that? Do you think Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson aren't checking a ton of boxes? The issue is they run the wrong way. I don't think there's necessarily something that you draft... There's nothing about a first-round receiver compared to a fourth-round receiver that is inherently better in terms of their ability to acclimate to the NFL. You're not, you're drafting a guy top 10. It's not because you know he's going to be able to figure out your playbook real fast. It's based on their abilities as a receiver, their physical attributes. I mean, yeah, the, the mental is part of it, but again, there's no guarantee because no, there's nothing you can scout because it's an unknown thing. He hasn't tried it yet. So there's every reason to believe that you get uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba or Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, and they're going to be really super athletic guys that we're all excited about that run the wrong way, and then Rodgers yells at them. So that'll be exciting. Anyways, random thought. But no, yeah, that's, that's the sales pitch. We'll put him in now. And for the rest of the year, you're done for the year because your thumb is so jacked up. You're going to need multiple surgeries probably, but you're going to be fine. In fact, they're going to make you a robotic hand and you're going to be the greatest quarterback in the world. There's no law against that. There's no rules in the bylaws or anything. It's totally fine. Might just give you a whole new robotic arm. I don't know. Might just make you a robot. Maybe we'll build a robot and call it you. We can talk about that part of it later. But the the point is we're going to shut you down for the year. And if love is good, we'll pinky promise that we trade him. And if he sucks, we got a high pick and we're going to get you some really athletic guy that's going to run, run the wrong way and you can yell at him. Wanna sound good? <laughs> it's just it's just cracking me up because it's like I know there are people that are so excited about that idea. It's like, dude, just think if if Rodgers does stick around, we get him like a like the best wide receiver in the draft. Think about how awesome that's going to be. Like if we draft a wide receiver for him, uh, we did. Remember? Yeah, but like, that's like an early second round pick. We want like an early first round pick. And two, it's like, well, they picked the wrong one. They should have gotten the that head case that's over in uh, Pittsburgh right now. Okay, so you want them to pick the wrong wide receiver in the first round or what? Are we Are we throwing in that we need a new GM so that we can get a better wide receiver? Or how does this all work out? I don't know. It's just, it's so stupid. But, yeah, we could try that sales pitch. I'm sure Rogers will take it uh, just wonderfully,
0: hey, Ryan. It's Nate. Uh, just calling with some morning thoughts. So first of all, uh, I think there was a group of people um, a while ago who were saying maybe we should get rid of Rogers, uh, you know, when he was the MVP and when we could have probably gotten some good draft capital for him. And then I think there was another group of people who were so terrified about the possibility of continuing a rebuild that we were supposed to, uh, kind of be in that they just said no. They gave him whatever he wanted. Uh, they said throw the bag at him, keep him around. Um, and it's, uh, not worked out great. Uh, the other thing that I want to be a little, uh, a little less of a dick about, um, I think, that we should move on from David Bakhtiari not that I don't love the guy but I he's just he's old uh injury prone and we should get rid of him again while he still has some trade value uh I think we could keep Lazard around I think Lazard is a good locker room guy blocks well and he's a good um good receiver to have out there is uh you know maybe a number two or number three uh, and then I do like your your thoughts on keeping Aaron Jones. I was originally saying um, trade him after this year just because he's probably one of our biggest trade assets. But if we are moving into a post-Aaron Rodgers and letting Jordan Love come on in and give his hands, we are probably going to run the ball more, and we're going to need an elite running back. And A.J. Dillon's having a, a rough year. Maybe he'll bounce back next year. Who knows? But. Keeping Aaron Jones around who who has been a reliable running back course is uh is a good plan. So I like that.
2: That's to be clear, it's not like my official plan, like this is what I think we should do. It's more of a hypothetical, like most things that I say on here. It's just kind of a maybe if you want to go in that way, I understand it. I could kind of see that, I guess.
0: That's pretty much all I got. Um, the other thing I was going to say is how about we give Matt LaFleur one more year? You know, he did – Bring us a couple of really great seasons. Um, so I, I don't think one season of not great yeah. performance is really worth getting rid of him over, especially because I'm going to stick with it. I think that this is Rogers, um, kind of screwing up the system because he doesn't want to play that system. So I think keep Matt LaFleur, um, fire Joe Barry, because he's done even worse than Teton somehow. Uh, and that's, that's my morning takes. Go back, go.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's about it, man. Um, and, and again, I, I, I don't want to act as though I know any of these things are happening. That I know Rodgers is going to retire, or that we're going to trade him, or that we, whatever. I, I don't know, man. You know. The the absolute best possible thing in my mind is that everything gets fixed and Rodgers is fine and he comes back for the next 40 years and is great and we win Super Bowls and are just great and successful all the time. But I'm just trying to acknowledge reality for what it is and see that we pushed in and seems to have hit a, hit a dead end and it's just not working anymore. So I know we've kind of moved into this phase where it's like, okay, we know that this is going to happen – and so now let's let's move forward with that. I want to back up a little bit and just say we don't know. We don't know for sure that this isn't going to get turned around. Maybe Rogers' thumb does get better and he gets back on track. Um, as I said, he didn't start the year off terribly. He didn't start it off great, but he didn't start it off terribly. And um, seems to be a decline in and around the time of the thumb injury. So who knows? I don't know. Um, and maybe maybe Brian Gutekunst is looking at it and saying, you know, the offensive line really struggled. We had a lot of question marks there. We had a lot of injuries there. And then constant shuffling still to this day. We're halfway through the season. We have not had a consistent five guys up there. Same with the wide receivers. You know, we, Lazard has been in and out. Uh, Randall's been in and out. Christian's been in and out. Dobbs is now out. Um, Amari's just starting. I mean, nobody's really been consistently there. Sammy was out and now is back. Nobody has just consistently been able to play and learn the offense and learn all these things and everything else. And, you know, it's, it, even if it's the wrong decision, it's entirely possible Brian Gutekunst looks at it and says, this was a fluke. These wide receivers need more time in this offense. We need a consistent five offensive lineman. Maybe that does involve moving on from David Bakhtiari. I don't know, but but we're not moving on from Rodgers. That's absurd. He's a elite MVP, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. List the credentials, and if we just get a little bit healthier and a little bit more consistency, uh, we're going to be just fine. You know, it was just a, a really unfortunate and really fluky kind of year where we just couldn't quite get into a rhythm, at, at least for the offense. And then for the defense, it's it's just kind of a completely different issue, and that issue is Joe Perry, You know, uh, just not getting the best out of him, but you get a defensive coordinator that gets the best out of that talent and then on the offensive side of the th- uh, of things we get more consistency so everybody's on the same page you don't have an offensive line that doesn't know what they're doing a wide receiver that doesn't know what they're doing and a quarterback who lives in structure right like it's yeah guys are open but they're not where they're supposed to be and I'm freaking out and I don't know what to do you know i mean it's just it, i I can't I can't handle this Mass chaos, you know. Like I'm playing backyard football. I don't want to play backyard football. I'm not Brett Favre. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I am a robot. It's the second time I've called him a robot today. I'm a robot. I, I I operate on programs, right? And when things go haywire, I I can't operate anymore. Maybe I don't. I'm j- I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I don't know what's going on, but I'm saying it's entirely possible to look at it from that standpoint. And yeah, you could say, well, if you can't do it, then Forget you, you're expensive, and there's no reason to believe it's going to get better, so why do we have to do this again? Let's see if we can get some trade value out of him and and move on. Fine. But what I'm saying is, especially from Brian Brian Gutekunst's vantage point, because this does seem to be the new Brian Gutekunst, maybe he was always the Brian Gutekunst, and we just didn't know it because we thought he was a Ted guy, but maybe he's more of an all-in guy. And he's looking at it going, nope, this is where I'm going, man. I'm, this, this is my thing. I've pushed all my chips in. I have no more chips. I'm either going to win the hand or I'm going to get fired. And so I will push in on Aaron Rodgers until either I get fired or that dude retires. Just kind of seems to be his M.O. Now, it's a little unfair because, again, you win 13 games every single year. It's understandable you want to keep doing it. Different circumstances now. But, again, all this to say I don't know for sure anything. We will have to see. I don't expect the season to turn around. By the way, we do have to be done, and it just dawned on me, uh, do 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 do, do beep, that uh, we did a poll. Let's see where the poll lies. Five hundred eighty-eight votes, which is more than I was expecting. Seventy-one point one percent. The the question was, will the Packers turn the season around? Almost thirty percent, nearly a third of the fans believe that we will, not not even that we can but that we will absolutely turn the season around. That's surprising to me. I mean, when it's half over and you've won three games, that's a pretty lofty, that's not easy. Well, there you have it. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have yourselves a fantastic night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.